0: Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains. Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Bringing you another edition of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast and... I've got here with me sports writer Mike Graham, who is our high school Mr. Beat Writer. How you doing,
1: Mike? Hey, doing good. We're totally in full swing now. It's week one of the football season, volleyball. A lot of the teams are already in district. It's it's really go time around here.
0: Oh, absolutely. Not only that, but this is probably the most uh, rested you and I will be, because this is the first uh, week. This is uh, week one, not week zero anymore, or is it week zero? It's week one. Okay, they okay, they week got one. rid of that a couple of years ago, and Thank now we goodness. just go through week 11. Well, there you go. We have week one, and we have a lot of things. To talk about, just as you mentioned, we got some high school football we'll talk about. We've got a Denver City volleyball ranked number one, so we'll get to that a little bit later. But I think the biggest hype train that I've seen is Estacado Coronado. Big big matchup at Lowry Field later this week. But the first one that we're going to talk about, just because it starts the the whole LSV coverage area, football frenzy, whatever you want to call it. Monterey at Odessa High. Certainly, this is a game the Plainsmen want to make sure that they forget about from last year because I remember watching this last year. It looked like the Monterey Plainsmen had it and then unfortunately, uh. I, I, I guess a, a special teams blunder is the best way I'll put it, or miscue, if you will. And that allowed Odessa High and Danny Cervantes, of course, the former Estacado head coach, to get a victory. And that really kind of sparked them later on in their season. And unfortunately, and fortunately for the Monterey Plainsmen, they were able to kind of rub that off and kind of get, get on their role as well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the the game – last year was a strange
1: one because Monterey had all this athleticism particularly on offense went up by I believe two possessions and then all of a sudden you know they couldn't pull any farther ahead they let Odessa High hang around so it came down to about the final 20 seconds of the game and Monterey ran some plays and Odessa High burned its timeouts and it ended up that Monterey needed to punt with about 12 seconds left Mm -hmm. and the punt went over Briley Alexander's Head he couldn't get it. It rolled into the end zone. Odessa High snaps a 15-game losing streak. They end up winning three games. Was it was a big story for them with the mm-hmm. Servants. And and you know a lot of people are high on Odessa High this year. Meanwhile, Monterey they're rebuilding. I mean, of course they've got by the Alexander mm-hmm. new Air Force kicker and punter commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited to tell his story later this week from that game and just mm-hmm. you know how much he's developed since. And, and you know obviously he's he's very talented. But it's going to be an interesting game because not a lot is known about Monterey in many positions. They have six total returning starters through mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. But I believe we talked about this last time. I really like their offensive backfield for starters. You know, you got Trey Lacy uh, at the running back spot, and then uh, Ja'Cory and Bailey is going to rotate in and out, but he's he's the assumed starter uh, once they get into district play. Wayne Hutchinson, he likes to rotate quarterbacks in and, does. and see, see what he has. But Corey and Bailey's very athletic. Uh, Lacy is very athletic. The new
0: receiving core, uh, but I think they'll I think they'll handle this pretty well. And then, of course, you talk about the two uh, quarterbacks, the other one being Hayden Malone, a senior. Uh, we'll see. But the, the one thing that I have heard out from the Plainsman camp is uh, Corian Bailey is the real deal. He's a dual-threat quarterback. You're going to see a lot of plays being made. So certainly that should be a fun one out there at uh, Lowry Field. It's your first one. I believe it's at 7.30? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Even better for deadline. So.
1: And also, Fantastic. friendship will be in action at the exact same time. They're going up to Amarillo High, and it's going to be exciting to see how much they've it around from from last year's winless season.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess just in terms of that, just to, if you could just real quickly kind of go what what's really impressed you about friendship. I know Jay Northcutt is in his second season. The first one, as you kind of mentioned, went winless. So certainly not the the best way to kind of start out your coaching career. But the one thing that has been uh, at least. From what I've heard from their camp is the fact that Jay Norcutt has kept his kids just kind of in a good mindset. They've worked hard. They want to make sure that they are forgotten about that winless season, that they're taking that away. And I think that's something that they can take right away if they get a victory uh, right off the bat. No doubt. They've, they've, every visit I made out there, talking to the
1: kids, they seem to have a real ownership stake in, in the program. And, and they are so embarrassed about what happened last year. And Friendship's mm-hmm. a perennial playoff team. So yes, so to was. go 0-10... Not Let alone not make the playoffs was was an incredibly upsetting thing for them. So we'll, we'll see how they do against Amarillo High. I think that's a really fair fight for them. Amarillo, Amarillo of course, went to the uh, by district round of the Class 5A Division I playoffs last year.
0: Of course, uh, there was a reality check in that sense. But uh, one of the fun ones, at least Friday night, the the true Friday night lights, if you will, Coronado Estacado, that one's going to be a Lowry Field as well. Of course, you'll be there, Mike. Uh, what, what's one thing that... You've kind of gotten from uh, coach Seth Parr or coach Joe Clooley two guys that are uh, more than ready to kind of just kind of put things out there and kind of let everyone know that hey we're gonna we're gonna try and be the best team that we can be, and not only that, but put our best foot forward.
1: Yeah, and, you know, one thing that stands out about this game, I think, is, is weather conditions. Obviously, it's yep. going to be hot. Mm-hmm. You've got a Class 5A uh, Division I program taking on a 4A Division II program, so Coronado's got some numbers that they can throw at them, and I think that uh, they're going to try to wear them down just by by putting fresh people in and, and rotating, and Estacado's somewhat limited in that point, but what stands out to me and what could be the great equalizer is how good Estacado's running backs are, and, and they've got a relatively Intact offensive line. Um, they have Jeremiah Dobbins coming off a seventeen hundred yard rushing season, mm-hmm. and then they have Seth Porter coming off an ACL tear, yep. who's projected to, to hit about the same numbers in last year. Stakato had two one thousand yard running backs in spite of running their two and three all year, um, and they're going up against a great defensive front. You know, DJ Davis yep. uh, at uh, end was a defensive lineman who. Probably prevented Miguel Garcia from being um, all of Texas's, regardless of classification, sacks leader for a second consecutive year. Which though, is saying something. because yeah. You got two talented guys. Exactly. There. I mean, Garcia, I think, finished with 16 sacks, and yep. Davis with 10. And in total, the defense had 40. But this year, those two running backs and the cut offensive line are going to battle against Davis. A premier linebacker in Trey Stevens mm-hmm. who has an Army offer. Yep. And then another potential Division I guy, Charlie Robinson, who's just going to be a sophomore but started for them last year all mm-hmm. season as a freshman and did some really big things in the Collegeville Heritage playoff game. So so those are the things that stand out immediately about that game. We could talk all day about the individual positional matches, yeah. but I think, I think it's actually going to be a pretty good game as long as Estacado can uh, retain possession.
0: Now there is one interesting factor that I do want to bring in and I kind of want your thoughts. I know you mentioned the talent that Estacado has at their running back position with the two guys and Porter and Dobbins of course you got Caleb Manuel coming back for Coronado but one thing that really kind of puts them both together they're looking for a new quarterback yeah both both teams and you know what Sawyer Robertson
1: he's 6 foot 3 yep. 190 and I think we talked about his uh, family heritage yep. on the past podcast but you know son of a uh, first round NFL draft pick cousin or sorry nephew to Alicia Robertson mm-hmm. who was one of the best Lady Raiders basketball players ever um, and he's a guy that has a little bit of varsity experience that decided not to put him on the freshman team he backed up quay gray all year mm-hmm. and got some mop-up duty going up against uh, jalen dobbins who uh, is another sophomore guy who who's getting his feet wet so that's that's an interesting dynamic to this game kind of like uh, texas tech old miss you know two fairly new quarterbacks getting the mm-hmm. field. And, and you know that's a story across all levels of football every week one
0: which to me that's going to be the interesting factor because as you said do you kind of kind of put the green light for both of those guys or you kind of see how you're running your running game kind of sets it up i mean that's going to be the most interesting factor for me but uh, going from the class 5a and 4a of course estacado being the 4a uh, Coronado being class 5a division one ranks we're going to go to another game that i think is hopefully going to be a little bit better than last year just because shallow water really had its coming out party last year Mm -hmm. uh, uh, against idaloo at idaloo and not only that but on National TV is part of the uh, Texas football days on Fox Sports Southwest, and you were able to find out about a guy named Cutter Sparks. Yeah, no doubt. Cutter Sparks is a very
1: valuable quarterback. You know, finished uh, as Class 4A, 3A Player of the Year in our, our final Lone Star Varsity um, uh, super team, mm-hmm. the final team. Um, it, and just a great supporting cast. I mean, not only, not only is it him, you've got Hayden Vandero, who's a linebacker, mm-hmm. who was our baseball player of the year. Mm-hmm. The offensive line is intact. The running backs return. It looks really good for them coming off a 10-win season already. I mean, this team went 10-2 and two off of a 2-9 and nine season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've, we've talked about this again, but in in Region 1, you know, it looks like Shallow Water is one of the teams to beat. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. does. And, and Idaloo... Here's another kind of friendship team. Although Idaloo made the playoffs mm-hmm. in Class 3A Division Two, it was nowhere near what uh, it what normally I is. Expect yep. this is this is the last uh, South Plains team to win an 11-man football state championship. Went to the state semifinals just three years ago, mm-hmm. and last year turned in a four and seven injury-riddled, yep. lost all their depth, and, and just kind of crawled along. And, and you know they're motivated for this game yep. because uh, they got steamrolled last year, 35 to seven on TV, like you said.
0: And not only that, but then. Uh, Two of the things that they were known for, their running game and their defense, were just kind of shown to be not there that game. And I think uh, not only that, but then you saw a shallow water squad that showed its depth because Kobe Wood uh, was out there. Of course, he got hurt uh, a little bit later in that season. But when you look at Cutter Sparks, I think that's going to be an interesting name to watch throughout the season. I, I think he might be one of our top five quarterbacks this season. Uh, just kind of in terms of experience. And I think that's what really kind of led them to that 10-2 and two season last year is they took all their bumps, they took all their bruises as sophomores, some being freshmen, and they came in last year hungry. And that's what really got them to 10-2. and two. And now they have that experience. It's just a matter of can you be consistent. And I think that's going to be the interesting thing. If uh, Coach Wood out there at uh, Shallow Water can make sure that his guys do, and I think they're going to do that. And it should be a fun game uh, for those that are in the old Class 3A uh, ranks as well anything else you kind of saw at least on the football schedule that you kind of wanted to look at if not we, we can kind of switch to high school volleyball here mike i know for me those were really the big ones that really stood out to me i know everyone's just excited just to get football started i know we had the football tab come out we have the football schedule on the back of the main cover so if you're looking for that and then of course we'll have the football schedule uh printed i believe uh wednesday and then thursday or pardon me, Thursday in the newspaper so you can kind of obviously keep up with all that stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We could talk all
1: day about about week one matchups because some teams... That we could. ...challenge themselves, but... Another game that, that stands out to me is, is Leveland versus Plainview. Level. That's right. I forgot about that one. Leveland uh, coming off uh, a really good season um, last year, with, and they bring back Chris Gerber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really impressed me. I loved his uh, little clip from, from the scrimmage where he threw a screen pass and wound up blocking for his receiver downfield. He don't do block. that, Chris.
0: Don't, don't get injured. He didn't block, it, man. It, it was, was a, pretty dude, cool. The truck stick from yes, Madden.
1: It was. it was really bad but really awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're going up against Plainview. Plainview got back on its feet last year with a a playoff appearance, and and they're kind of in a a transitional mode right now, and they're going up against a pretty established um, level Land team. So excited to see how that
0: one turns out at Bulldog Stadium. Well, the one good thing that at least blame you can take is that they're playing at home. They're a good defensive team. It'll be interesting to see how they slow down Chris Gerber in that offense, because that was a very prolific offense last year, even though it was just Chris Gerber last year. Of course, everyone remembers his brother Nick Gerber and how prolific that offense was behind him. And the difference is, is uh, Nick Gerber didn't run as much as Chris Gerber does, and that's what makes him so so prolific. And one of the things uh, I like about Plainview is they're a run-based team. They're going to worry out with defense. if And not only that, but they're going to milk the clock if you're able to kind of string together a couple first downs during a drive. And I think that's going to be the, the difference. Can Plainview shorten this game, put more pressure on that level line offense? If that, if that is the way that it happens, I think you see a big win by the Bulldogs here.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I think that uh, the most important thing the Bulldogs can do is keep the ball out of Chris Gerber's hands
0: awesome. Anything else you want to do from football? Because we are actually pretty quick. 12 minutes, 33 seconds. I think uh, that's enough football, unless you want to talk a little bit more, my nope, man. Well,
1: I no, think, I think we're good. Just uh, be on the lookout for uh, Borden County versus Gilmer Union
0: Hill. That's going to be a heck of a game, 8 p.m. at Jayton high You school. and Gilmer. You love Gilmer so <laughs> much. <laughs> but, uh, of course, we got high school football. We're going to talk a little bit of high school volleyball. One of the biggest things I saw, I kind of missed it yesterday, but Denver City ranked number one in Class 3A volleyball. Certainly A very, very good squad going into it. I know you've uh, spoken to them a couple times, kind of watched them and followed them. I guess what what really impresses you about the old Phillies? Well, I think that they're benefiting from a lot of things. They have senior leadership and Holly Hemline, who
1: basically wins player of the year in every sport she participates in, Uh, probably going to move on to the next level as a basketball player, but a a very talented hitter for them. And and really just the depth behind her, players that uh, took some knocks last year. There, there's a lot to like about them, and they're relatively young. I mean, it's a team that could be good for the next two or three years. Uh, number one, they have a 23-1 and record, won their own Denver City-Philly Festival, which yep. was probably the premier West Texas uh, small school tournament last week. You know, yeah, every, right. everyone from 4A to 2A seemed to be at that tournament from, from our neck of the woods and Amarillo and Midland Odessa. So winning there is pretty impressive and, and pretty indicative of, of what's going to happen once you get into uh, regional play unless you know, other teams dramatically improve um, and then we were at the west texas spike fest and, yep. and saw some really good teams so. you
0: got to see the old tigers yep randy true yeah you
1: know friendship was a team that honestly i wasn't very high on last year after after watching a couple of their district 2 6a mm-hmm. games and you know obviously there, there's going to be um, some more challenges when they get there but they they really held their own in the Spike Fest making it to the semifinals, giving eventual champion Decatur by far its best game of the tournament by taking it to three sets. I think they're mm-hmm. the only program to be able to accomplish that. Got to meet Hannah Page, who's a sophomore libero, daughter of uh, boys' basketball coach Paul Page out there. Lover of El Paso food. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shout out. That's my man. He, he She... Uh, She's a monster on defense. Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, she, yes. She's turning in like twenty-three dig games. And not and only that, that, but she and
0: not only that, but underclassmen too. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like you have all this talent from an underclassman perspective, and like you said, you have a little bit of veteran leadership as well. Randy True's kind of getting things going, and I think that's the one thing that you like about this Tiger squad is they're gritty. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily looking for those big time. Uh, I don't know. Again, maybe this is the wrong way to put it, but big-time playmakers, you're looking for an all-around team effort. You're looking for, like you said, Hannah Page making some digs and then obviously getting that good first touch and getting that to a kill. You're not necessarily looking for something else like that. You're not looking for these superstar players they're a very good team all together and i think that's what made them so successful so far early on in the season of course one
1: other player that impressed me from them was
0: a hitter emily jones who's a senior daughter
1: of uh, texas tech running back coach emmett jones yep she really took over uh in the second set that the friendship was able to win against decatur and then of course there's lubbock cooper which is ranked in the Mm -hmm. 5a poll all of a sudden Uh, They went to the championship game, lost to Decatur in two sets, but I think they turned in the best body of work, uh, minus the Decatur game of of any team in that tournament.
0: Which is an interesting uh, team, just because it's Carly Morrison's second year. Of course, she was a longtime uh, Land volleyball coach. She she got her teams to play very defensive ball. Last year, she was able to have an offensive squad with with, uh, Reagan Robertson. She was one of Uh, several seniors as well that was really good for the Lady Pirates now this year it was kind of a I mean for lack of a better term a a lack of knowns this year but they've been able to really kind of step in and be that team as I kind of mentioned that friendship has done especially with Holly Wilson and some of those players as well I think Carly Morrison is having her team not necessarily peak, but they're getting there, and that's what you want, especially right before district and right going into district. I think so, and, and District 35A is going to be a murderer's row, but all, yes. all
1: signs from Cooper are positive,
0: opened up the season with a win against formerly 10th ranked Amarillo High Mm -hmm. on the road. So I guess just kind of watching some of this volleyball, I know one of the things that we talked about, and you kind of mentioned it already with 3-5-A and some of these other districts, I guess what what are some of the fun districts that you're, or not necessarily fun districts, but what are some of the interesting I guess storylines that you can watch with some of these districts, maybe the Lubbock Lubbock schools going against Amarillo obviously in 3-5-A got some of these smaller schools anything that you're looking forward to kind of going into the future? Yeah, not really, most of these
1: districts are, are just renditions of, of what they have been in the past yeah. so you know you have your your premier teams I, I like uh, the uh, the 4A district or mm-hmm. sorry the, the 3A district which is now featuring Denver City and Shallowada. that's a yep. classic rivalry yes that's probably your de facto uh, district championship series and, and then you know 3-5A I mean you can't stress enough how how important it would be for the Lubbock schools to take some of those playoff bursts because in the past two years, it had been um, the Amarillo schools were in a northern district, mm-hmm. the Lubbock schools were in a southern district. They'd meet up in the first round of the playoffs, and the Amarillo schools would would sweep them in the first round. So, so there's a there's some bad stigma there, and, and the Lubbock schools as a whole are really doing a good job of of looking like contenders ahead of this district. Cornell Monterey also yep. have been really good in tournament play.
0: Absolutely. Anything else you kind of wanted to do before we wrap this up here, Mike? I think we're about done. Just excited to. Uh Put it, to
1: start pumping out the uh, high school content this week and uh, we'll see you at Lowry Field on Thursday and Friday.
0: Absolutely and then of course that all includes stats and kind of all these other things of course once the games do happen and then of course you'll have all the information and all the coverage at Lone Star Varsity and at AJ underscore mike graham if you're looking for any of the uh, content as well you can go to dot and that'll take you to our high school page on lubbock online.com and you can get all the stories and all the know the need to know things that you can get from mike graham as well once again we appreciate you all listening to another edition of the lone star varsity podcast i'm carlos silva the sports editor at the lubbock avalanche journal along with mike graham our sports writer and high school beat writer we'll talk to you next week